here on Diving In. This is Diving In with Josh. I am your host, Josh. This is the wrestling podcast that's not about wrestling, but instead about pro wrestling fans' lives outside of this wacky, wacky world of professional wrestling and going through guest after guest and and trying to make this show as interesting and as the best it can possibly be. One of the people that I wanted to chat with on this show and near at the top of my list, uh, I have sitting down with me virtually, of course, today. And that's one Omega Luke. Luke, how are you doing this fine day? I'm oh, very good. Thank you, mate. Very good. And yeah, virtually sat down across the other side of the world. Yes, yes, of course. Um, I mean, that's how we... It's, it's The internet is a strange place that we can just literally talk to each other from two different sides of the world. It is pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, but today we're gonna like dive into something something different, something maybe maybe not many people know about Luke. But before we do that, we do have to talk a little bit of wrestling. Luke, you are in this wonderful, wonderful, weird world of of wrestling in the terms of the the podcasting stuff. Um, for people that don't know who you are and don't know your show, give us a little rundown of of what your show is. Absolutely. So obviously, like yourself, I'm part of the Brain Buster family. Um, so big ups to them. Uh, on Mondays, I normally release a podcast episode primarily uh, based around fantasy booking. So normally two guests come on like yourself. You've got one coming up um, in the very near future, indeed, um, where you I give you a stipulation and you fantasy book you, how you would do that certain scenario or that certain person or maybe the scenario is to pick someone from a company um, and fantasy book them how you would want to do it in regards to the stipulation um, obviously then I, I have both in one episode put them against each other and I, I determine which is the better one in my opinion um, so yes yeah, it's, it's a good fun thing uh, to do I, I, I enjoy it every now and then I have some uh, topical discussions which I think is um a, diff- a little bit different because i like to um have a bit of variation every now and then i yeah. think that's important to have a little bit of variation um but yeah i do enjoy doing the the topical discussions as well on important matters i think uh, needs to be spoken about sometimes so i've done uh, intergender wrestling uh, is wrestling a sport that sort of thing and women's gimmicks that sort of thing so yeah that's that's basically the long and short of uh, what i do on uh, brainbuster radio and on omega luke yeah, I think at this point, um, I don't want to say 
where comfortable is a weird word. It can be weirdly interpreted, but we are pretty comfortable doing these kind of shows and, 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 you know, talking about wrestling. It is, I would say, I mean, you can speak on this as well, Luke, but you probably have a certain level of comfortability doing this at this point. Yeah, I think, yeah, because I'm about the same as you, really, aren't I? Like, coming up to a year yeah. in, in the, the sort of podcast world now, um, it's surprising how fast you sort of pick it up and how how you sort of become natural at it. And and, uh, and it becomes more of a discussion rather than when I, when I was first doing it, I used to write down everything mm-hmm. I was going to say, like, yeah. word for word and read it like a script. And it may not have sounded like I was reading it like a script because I always made sure I wasn't reading it like that. But um, now I sort of, like, I turn the mic on and off I go because you're just used to um, – what how you how you say things and and you're used to remembering what you need to say every episode because yeah. you know it's, it's 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 just one of those things isn't it when, when especially when you're in a conversation when you have people on it's so much easier i think um i genuinely don't know how people do podcasts where it's just them talking because i struggled massively doing that so <laughs> You and me yeah. both. You and me both. Yeah. When I first kind of started, I was the same as you. I had everything structured and, and planned on pretty much everything I was going to say and when I was going to say it. And then doing the show on my own for as long as I did, I look back now and I'm like, how in the hell did I do that for as long as I did? Because, um, you know, I've had a few episodes since since Kevin has come on to Wrestling Reverb. I've had a few episodes where I, you know, Kevin couldn't uh, record at the the same, we just couldn't get to a time. So I had to take the reins and do it on my own. And I'm like deer in headlights. I don't know what I'm doing when I'm on my own. I'm like, I need someone to talk to. So it is. um, I always felt like when I was doing it, I used to, I I sounded like I was rambling. And then when I'd listen to it back, I'm like, oh my God, I sound so boring. Like (laughs) who would listen to this? (laughs) I just just couldn't believe people were actually tuning in going, oh, great episode. I'm like, are you listening to the same thing I am? Because I I sound boring. Yeah, no, exactly the same. And I don't know if you did this, um, I've never asked you this, but when you first started and, you know, your first maybe three, four, five episodes, I don't know about you, but I used to listen back to myself like instantly. Oh, 100%. And it was yeah. the weirdest experience because it's so unnatural to listen to yourself talk. Like, it, it, it's just weird. Everyone hates the sound of their own voice at some point in their life. They're like, I hate the way I sound. So, I mean, it's just so weird to me now that, I mean, I'm not really one now to listen back to my own stuff. Like, very rarely I'll go back and go, I need to see something that I did or whatever. But, I mean, I've just gotten used to listening to my own voice. I know that's, that sounds kind of pompous of me, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm exactly the same. Mate. When I first started recording, I used to listen to my episode a foot, like all the way through, and like take out uh, and edit it as much as I possibly could to like get the the finding product, if you will. Yeah. Um, and it was very strange at first listening to yourself, but now whenever I listen to myself, maybe on one of my videos when I'm editing, or um, when I'm editing the the podcast, and I, I've got to do like my intro and outro, it just doesn't in my head it's just not me saying it it sounds like someone else now because i'm just so used to hearing it it's just like someone i've always listened to which is very weird very peculiar yeah. um, but that's how i sort of how i sort of feel about it now it's very strange yeah it's almost like you know doing an intro and outro and just so you know you know how to kind of segue into things and it's almost like you're on autopilot it just you don't yeah. even have to think about what you're saying it just comes out of your mouth um 
But anyway, here on I'm Diving In, we like to, you know, as I stated, we like to talk about some things that, you know, maybe people don't know about a person or know about me or whoever I'm speaking to. And today we want to, um, we want to let you guys in on a world outside of Luke's little wrestling world. And, um, we've kind of, we, like, on this show, I don't really like to pre-screen too much about what we're going to chat about. So I like to learn about the the topic is you know as the listeners do because it's a it's a fun time for me as well that's why I kind of started this was just to get to know the uh pro wrestling internet world maybe a little bit better you know just get to learn other sides and um Luke you have a a very different side I guess in some ways it's very different to you and um I've been alluding to it, but I'll let you kind of take the reins um, about what I'm talking about and how this little journey all started, I guess, as you would say, a little beta Luke. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I've, I have uh, a bigger love, a, a bigger love of res- than wrestling um, throughout my life, and that is football or soccer for you Americans or wherever you are around the world who don't call it football. Uh, I call it soccer. I call it soccer. hit it with your foot. So, <laughs> uh, but that's that's a different argument for another day. <laughs> Over here, uh, we call it football, and it's obviously our main sport. I, I mean, the like 90% of people play football or watch football who are young boys my age or attempt to like I did. Um, and yeah, I've had a very interesting life in football. And um, I suppose when we go into it a little bit further i've got some really cool stories about uh like my family members my dad and my granddad and my great granddad also have uh, incredible stories so I'll, I'll, i won't give away too much yet but um yeah it's, it's all sort of like interlinks into it and i've had some uh really good ups and some really really low downs as well um so but to start off with uh when I was beta Luke, um, kicking a football as soon as I could walk. So, um, having my first sort of team, um, when you're six, I suppose, I think Damn. was when I first had my team. Uh, baby my first Luke. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was, it's for the, uh, the, the biggest, uh, under sixes or under sevens team, whatever it was, uh, in Plymouth, which is the city I'm from, they were called Plymouth Colts. So that was my first ever team. Uh, and funny enough, like I still, probably best friends with about two or three of those players. So it's, it's been a long journey. Yeah. Damn. Um, you know, when you're a, when you're a wee little one playing football and, and, or playing sport in general, um, it's a lot to take in. I used to play tennis when I was a wee little one. I, I kind of stopped as I got to my teenage years because I wanted a job and I wanted money. And that was more important to me than playing sport. But yeah. When you when you're a little kid, it is it's everything as a little kid. I feel like is just better. It is just yeah. better, and everything's larger than life. What kind of drew you to football? Was it your family's influence? Was it more so you just seen it on television? Did you see it around? What What do you remember about what drew you into football? So it's quite a few things, I suppose. Um, it is the biggest sport over here, so it's yeah. it's on every news outlet. It's always on telly. Um, but family members was probably the main reason and um, a superstar named David Beckham who played for my favorite team Manchester United um, I wanted to, to be him and, and I idolized him um, so he was like the person who I wanted to be like but my dad was 
uh, an incredible player, way better than I ever was. Um, uh, but I'll start a little bit further back. So his granddad, my great granddad, in the 1950s played for Aston Villa. So they're uh, they are Birmingham-based team, which is the second biggest city in in uh, England. Uh, he played for Aston Villa in, in the 1950s. Um, and then my granddad, um, who also played, was in the Navy. So he moved to Gibraltar, um, which is, in case anyone doesn't know, it's like an island just off of Spain, but it's it's like a uh, it's part of the British Empire. The, the Eng- uh, it's part of England, really. Um, and so he moved there with the Navy and he played for a team called Glasses United in, in the Gibraltar League. Mm. Um, he was, I only really found this out as well, like a few years ago. He's very, very cl- um, like closed person was my granddad and he yeah. never really spoke about it until uh, he was sort of not very well anymore. And he, he, he passed on loads of things to me and that was when I ended up finding out all this about him. Oh. Um, but he, yeah, it was very strange. I knew he was a good player, but I didn't know he was this good. So Gibraltar has a league, um, and he was the top scorer of the league. He, he played for Glasses United, won the, the league quite a few times. Um, and England itself, as a country, had its best year in 1966 when we won the World Cup, the Football World Cup. Um, about two years after that, England's football team went to Gibraltar to play against the Gibraltar national team. And my granddad was going to play for that team because because at the time it wasn't really a national team because Gibraltar was like it's, it's I suppose it's like a sovereign state sort of like yeah. Monaco it's a sovereign state it was like off to uh, the side almost yeah they just didn't really count it as a country so yeah. my granddad could officially play for them um, and so England were going to play a friendly against Gibraltar so it was going to be the World Cup English England team against Gibraltar and, and as they were sort of at the stadium getting ready to play uh, an official came in and told my granddad, you're not allowed to play because you're actually English. So he was pretty devastated by that. Couldn't get to, to play against the, the World Cup winning team. So As you that was be. pretty sad. <laughs> yeah. And I think in a way, he always resented that. And when my fast forward into when my dad was a youngster, um, he was an incredible player, was on the books for quite a few professional teams, including my local team of Plymouth Argyle. Uh, played all the way through the youth uh, academy and stuff like that and reserve team. Um, and he ended up getting released from Plymouth because my granddad um, was a bit uh, of a nasty bloke. <laughs> wouldn't take him to any training, wouldn't take him to the away games or nothing like that. So uh, my dad sort of missed a lot of training, missed a lot of matches. And in the end, became a liability, I suppose, for, for, yeah. for Plymouth Argo and ended up getting released, which... Is a massive shame because, like I say, he was an incredible player, and I, I remember as a youngster seeing my dad play at like uh, 35, 38, uh, and he was still unbelievable and like was Hell. running youngsters ragged. Yes, like I, I'm 26 now. I'm coming to the end of my career because of injuries and stuff. My dad was like over 10 years older than me, and he was incredibly. Uh, gifted and a lot better than what I am at my age now. <laughs> it's scary, um, but yeah, that's that's sort of like how um, I got into it, I suppose. Watching my dad play, yeah. So I always wanted to play, but I mean, me and my friends growing up, a lot of like youngsters like get bikes, don't they? And 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 go out together yeah. on their bikes. It was 
me and my friends, we had a football all the time and we just didn't care where it was. We used to play up garages. If it was, if it was raining, we'd play up in the garages. If it wasn't, we'd go to grass pitches. Um, but it was, it was always football, nothing else. We, we wouldn't, we weren't interested in girls until we were a lot older. Um, we're interested in bikes, skateboards, nothing like that it was always football. It is weird when you're a kid and it doesn't take much to, not saying that this wasn't much, but it doesn't take much to kind of occupy your brain because yeah. I'm, I was the kind of same, as I kind of said before with tennis, I remember being six, seven, eight, whatever. And all I needed was a tennis racket, a tennis ball and the side wall of outside of the house. And I just play yeah. tennis over like just hours, just boom, boom, boom. And it is weird how, you know, doing that kind of now, I would probably get bored within five minutes because I think the world has just changed. And I mean, we're just, everyone has such a short attention span, but not only that, you just, I guess as you're older, things don't occupy your brain like they used to when you, when you're a kid. Um, but yeah. back to kind of your story with this and, you know, you said you were, did correct me if I'm wrong, but you said you were about six when you first started to play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so growing up as a kid, you know, six, you know, between six and 10, before you're a teenager, at least, um, did you kind of stick at this? Was this something that in your brain, even as a kid, were you like, I'm going to do this for quite a while? Or is it more so your parents being like, you're playing this? No, it was, it was all me. Like if I didn't want to do it, my mum and dad would not have let me do it. Like that's, that's the, the simple things. My mum and dad were very supportive. They always have been of me and my sister. My sister has gone through so many different sports cause she's just gifted at all of them. Uh, and as soon as she gets bored of one, she'll take up another and then master it. She's just very good gymnastics, diving, running. She's been very good at all of them. Whereas for me, it was always football. I tried karate, didn't really like it. Tried Taekwondo, wasn't very good at it. I only started kicking people when they when they hurt me. So I wasn't exactly a very good taekwondo player. Yeah, that's not, not um, the best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um other sports just didn't interest me like like football did. It was it was always I wanted to play and um if I missed a match, I was gutted. And that is why when I've when I've got older, it's become a lot more harder with, with injuries and it's it's tough to take when yeah. Um, you're either not picked or can't be picked because of, of injuries, knowing that you're missing a game. I don't care what I was doing. I could be at a friend's wedding and I've missed a game. And all I could be thinking about during that wedding was, oh, when are the boys are getting on. Because that's, they are, that's, when, that's when you know you have a passion for something. Yeah. And like they, when the difference is as well, like when you are playing with a team and it's the same sort of players every year, they become like a dis. It's like our brainbuster family. Yeah. Like they they become like your really close friends to the point where you're really like invested in how that team is. Yeah. Um, and there's certain teams that I've played for as well, which uh, I've become even more invested because of why the teams were invented. So, um, my my biggest men's team that I've played for, well. Yeah, I suppose it's the biggest men's team I play for. Um, it's called Hedges FC. Um, the reason why they are called Hedges FC and the reason why they were formed um, was a few of my close friends from school had a friend called James Hedges. He was a very talented player um, at a semi-professional level, and on a way back from a football match, he had a car crash. wasn't his fault, and he sadly passed away. Um, so they created this team 
in his name um, with his dad, who was a big, big, um, like important bloke in the in regards to southwestern football, which is my region, southwest yep. England. Um, he was a big, important guy, and so everyone knew him, and everyone knew the impact it had on him. Um, so all of my friends, they created this team, Hedges. I joined halfway through their first year, um, well, at the end of the season, um, and played for them all the way up until this season. And sadly, they are uh, no longer... Well, They, <laughs> funny enough, the day that we are talking about this, um, yesterday, the day before we were recording, I played against them in their final ever match. Hell... <laughs> Yeah, it's very, very good. Yeah, um, they've got a charity match, which I'm playing in. It's like a a current team versus a legends team. So I'm playing in that one. But I played against them in their last ever match yesterday. So it's a bit peculiar, really. But that was, that's, and that's like the the thing, like, um, in regards to it means a lot more because it was for James and getting James's name on a trophy, which which we have done. So it's, that's, that's always a good thing. It, it, people don't often, I mean, at least people that aren't involved with team-based sports don't often see that there is a f- like a family effect on the players um, or yeah. whatever you kind of involved in sport-wise. It is very much this, a similar bond um, than, a, than a family. And I don't think people talk about that enough. I think there is a, I don't know, I, I think with sport the general consensus is that there is a stigma against that, I guess. I guess it goes away more yeah. as the world kind of evolves. But people don't think about that enough, and it is a good point to bring up that there is um, there is more to what you just do on the field or what, whatever sport you're playing. Um, but as you kind of, you know, going into your teenage years and, and you know, growing up, if you did... Um, when did you kind of think this is something I really want to do? As in, like I, I really feel like I can do more with this. Was there ever a time that you would more so? I want to play professionally, um, I, you know, and and just and just did you ever have that in your brain and you're like, I want to make a career out of this? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that was the dream for yeah. every kid in in England who who plays football. That's the dream is to become a professional football player. You know, um. Over here, we see them on telly uh, every week, kicking a ball around, doing what they love, and they're getting—they are their highest-paid athletes. Um, some of them in the world. I mean, we're team. My my team, Manchester United. Um, some of their players are on five hundred thousand pound a week, and Dang. they are sat on the bench, not even playing. Um, so you know, that's the dream. You know, you're going to make a lot of money out of it. Yeah. Um, and doing what you love doing every day and playing, especially if you manage to get to play for your favorite club, which is obviously a huge bonus. Yeah. Uh, so growing up, there was, I always wanted to do that. Whether I thought I could ever get to it was probably when I turned about 14, 15, I eventually got scouted um, for my local teams. So there's a few local teams around the area um and you have to there's a very weird system down in the southwest because we are very far away from london and places like that where there's so many teams it's very easy to get spotted if you're a very good player down here it's not so much there's uh, a place called exeter a place called torquay and plymouth where i'm from that's really it until you go about three 
hours away. Yeah. Um, and those teams aren't exactly high in the leagues. It's not they're not uh, like a Premier League club uh, in the top division. There's a lower down league. So you sort of go through different things down here it's like uh league reps so you represent the whole league which i did a couple of times um schoolboys so devon schoolboys i did that once which was interesting because so growing up i played many different positions yep. um left winger which was my position when i was like in my teenage years even on right footed which was always peculiar oh. um it was just where I got played. Yeah, I just don't know why um, they just put me there because I used to be quite fast and I used to just cut in on my right foot and uh, be very unexpected. Um, I played different positions for Devon reps. I played in the defence, which is not my position at all. <laughs> um, so it never worked out for me that way. Um, and then I had a couple of different scouts and stuff like that. And then it wasn't until I turned 16 uh, and I left school I played for my sixth form team um, and primarily the sixth form team was based uh, of 18 year olds who were in their final year of sixth form or their third year of sixth form because they failed one of the years. So they stayed another year. Um, there was only two people who was, I suppose, like freshmen. Um, how Americans say it, I suppose. Uh, it was I was in my first year of sixth yeah. form. There was only two of us who who played for that sixth form team, and we went on to play in the national cup um, for for sixth form teams, and we played against some professional teams. We did very well. We got to the semi final, missed out uh, in an extra time um, goal, so that was very gutting. But from that, my teacher, who was the manager, played. Well, no, he managed a uh, semi professional team in in our area, Saltash, uh, they were called. And he said to me, you know, come along, because uh, I was just turned 16 as well. I'm a July baby, so um, September, when the school year starts, I've just turned 16, so it was very, very new. Uh, I then play, went along to the men's team, Saltash, at the age of 16, played for the, the thirds, um, did very well halfway through the season, went up to the seconds because they needed a striker, because I, I played up front at this point. Um, so I was the, the goal scorer. I scored a few goals for the thirds. They put me up to seconds. Then I remember it really well. I had a phone call. Uh, it was a Thursday. Um, I had a phone call from the manager of the first team for Salt Ash. And he rung me and he said, yeah, is this Luke? So I said, yeah. He goes, so, uh, my name's Steve. I um, been watching you play for the seconds. Would you be interested in playing for the first tonight? So I knew who he was, obviously, because yeah. this, they're all interlinked. And you, you know, when you're playing for the second stuff, you want to play for the first, so you, you know who they are. You study out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've watched a few of their games as well. So I was like, yeah, definitely. So was, well, we got a game tonight. Our, our striker is injured, um, and I want you to play. So uh, long story short, they play at uh, a stadium called Kimberley Stadiums. Quite a nice ground. It's got can hold a probably up to about a thousand people if they really crammed everyone in um, around the side of the pitches if, if they wanted to. But that night was about, I'd say about 300. Yeah. So it was pretty pretty good crowd. It was uh, a tough game. Um, I scored. I remember scoring and I just couldn't believe it. It was very lucky. I didn't play very well at all, but I scored. And this, I always used to, my dad used to always say to me um, as a striker, because he was a striker as well, 
Um, doesn't matter if you have a bad game, as long as you get on the the score sheet, you've done your job. So, yeah, well, but yeah. <laughs> at the same time, if I wasn't working my ass off, he'd be shouting at me. So it's it was swings and roundabouts. My dad didn't quite know what he wanted for me, to be honest. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that night was was my first my first semi professional game. So I got fifteen pound for that. Um, so it's my first dollar, I suppose, that I got from from playing football. So the living dream the, was a lot. Living the big time there. Yeah, <laughs> just spend it all at once. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did I did I did I save any any pennies for the weekend? That was the question. But um, yeah, it was it was. And then from that, um, I'll I'll go straight into it. Uh, go for about it. three games after, I had I, I, we were playing against a really tough team who were top of the league. And as I ran through, someone clattered me. Uh, my foot hit the bottom of his um, at full power as I was swinging for the ball. Uh, massive snap, like huge snap. Went down on the ground. And I don't know whether, I, I, it's weird. I don't know whether I passed out or it was because I had so much pain, I don't remember sort of what happened. Yeah. It's one of those situations. I just remember... My, my foot hitting the bottom of his, I flipped over, and then the next thing I remember is I was surrounded by the physios, my dad, who had run on the pitch, um, because my dad had a... Re- the reason why my dad stopped playing is he had a really serious leg break, oh. um, which I just, remember. Just so everyone's uh, kind of aware, sorry to butt in, Luke, um, how old yeah. were you at this point? So I was, I, I was coming up to 17. Okay, so you, you were still, you know... Yeah. Fairly, you're fairly young no. and you probably yeah. at that point have never really had too much of an injury with anything or never. <laughs> I missed and this is the God's honest truth I think I missed two games all the way through um, my youth playing for my youth team which was a team called Tamerton Foliot yep. I missed two games one was because I misbehaved at home and <laughs> my mum as punishment didn't let me play um, which I was devastated with. I was going to say, you sec- probably would have been pissed. <laughs> yeah. And the second one was uh, we went on holiday and I was devastated that I was missing a game then as well. <laughs> That's how bad it was. But I Damn, you never- love that. You, you must love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what, sunny Spain or stay at home all week and then play football on the weekend. There was only one option for me. <laughs> um, staying at home. Um, but yes, I only ever missed two games. I never had an injury growing up. It was just one of those things. There's people around me. Some of my friends were seriously injury prone. I just never had that. Oh. Um, I used to take knocks and stuff, but it never stopped me from playing. Oh. And then this, as soon as I had the crack, I thought, that's it. My leg's broken. Um, I looked down. My shin pad was out of my sock. Oh. I, was, I had people surrounding me and, and asking if I was okay. I, I was a bit like taken back. Um, and I heard my dad sort of like have a sigh of relief and say, right, it's not a break. It's not a break. Um, what had actually happened was I had damaged all the ligaments in my foot, uh, all the tendons at the top of my foot. And I did break my metatarsal. Oh, so that's like the, the top of the, the top of your foot. Yeah. I broke that bone there. Um, that put me out of playing for eight months before I could kick a ball. Ooh. Eight months. Yeah. Now, in from just like I said at the start of this show, I don't know really anything about your kind of story here, but just from the last 20 minutes that we've been talking, 
I could already tell eight months may have well has been 10 years because a day yeah. at that point was too long. So I could imagine yeah. in your brain, um, you probably wouldn't be too thrilled. No, because it's, it's weird. Like it's, it's something that I did every weekend. And when the season ended on a Saturday, I'd go out and play football with my friends. Yeah. So it never stopped. But for probably about four months, I couldn't. I could. I still had a limp yeah. because of the break and stuff. And the weird thing is, because it was metatarsal, I didn't have a cast. So oh. in my head, when you see like people who break their foot or break their ankle and stuff, they've got a cast. They're on crutches. They look injured. <laughs> they look injured. I don't. I'm just. I'm just hobbling and and it, it made it worse for me. I'd rather have had the cast. I'd rather have had everything um and sort of say you know i i had all that and that's the, this is the reason why i can't play but th- i didn't have that it was it was very hard for me to understand and once the 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 breakage was fine with the metatarsal i tried getting back and playing too early and as soon as i made contact with with a ball at the top of my foot it was just instant pain because of the ligaments mm-hmm. they just haven't don't know whether they didn't form correctly around my foot back or repaired properly mm-hmm. or anything like that but once the breakage was was healed, I just couldn't do, couldn't do it because of the ligaments. Yeah. So from that, that was my like semi professional side of things over. Like I never played, never got paid to play football again uh, oh. from that. And I actually, I didn't actually play men's football again for about three years. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, when you growing up, you this is all you wanted to. Do. this was your dream this was you probably put every bit of your effort that you had in any spare time into making this become real making it become a reality and yeah. what goes through your brain when even when you know you heal um what goes through your brain when you just can't do what you love because it must take a lot out of you emotionally at some point yeah definitely i think at that time as well um I I was working at a KFC, so this didn't help. But I put on like four stone. Uh, uh, I went. I I mean, blew. I would too. By the way, KFC is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I still love it now after working there for so like three, I. four years. Um, but yeah, I I absolutely ballooned uh, in size, and eventually I'd start playing like five a side football with a couple of friends, but it's never serious. Yeah. Um, and I didn't end up getting back into it. Uh, and Till I really met my wife and we, I started, I, I sort of said to her, yeah, I want to, I want to play men's football again. And uh, a local to a very local team in the area of Plymouth started up a brand new team. And that's when I finally got back into it. Um, but that was a long, long time. Um, yeah. But as soon as I got back into it, uh, I had a probably look at the time. I didn't really see it as one, but I had a, quite a life-threatening injury so i i was playing because when i broke my foot i lost all my speed so i yeah. i was no longer very fast at all and my <laughs> friends now joke about how slow i actually am it is ridiculously how how slow i am because i can't run using the balls of my feet anymore i, I run flat-footed uh, oh. because of how how bad the the injury was and in my foot so very unnatural to do yeah yeah and make sure incredibly slow it really does um it would. I, I, I don't even think of that like it would i'm just i'm just put, yeah. planting my feet on the ground now and i'm like 
oh, that would slow me down a lot. <laughs> yeah. And because now it's like my natural thing, I probably could if I trained myself to to do it. I yeah. probably could run on the tips of my toes again. But because I couldn't put that much pressure on that part of your foot, I just couldn't do it. So I always used to run flat-footed. That's why I'm incredibly slow now. <laughs> um, but I, So I got dropped back position, so I moved a little bit further back. Um, and I jumped up in the air once to header a football. And someone come in the back of me and their knee hit the side of my thigh. So at the time, it was just a bit of a dead leg. So it was my own player as well. A bit of a dead leg, carried on playing. That was that. About three weeks later, I was still in so much pain from this dead leg. And my whole leg was now like quite numb from it. And the bottom of my leg was hurting and everything like that. Uh-oh. So I thought, yeah, what is going on here? So I went to the doctors. And when I spoke to the doctor, he immediately was like, right, we need to get you to the hospital. You've got a blood clot. So... I was sort of taken back, like, what? Holy and shit. What basically, yeah, what basically happened was the the impact of his knee that went into the side of my thigh caused to have a blood clot in my thigh. Um, and obviously where your veins are, like the uh, that vein went all the way down to your calf, then that goes straight to your heart Yeah. from, from that. Um, so it traveled down in my calf. He, that was where the, the clot was. It was in my calf, um, and from that he was like, "Yeah, we, you need to get this like removed immediately." Um, so that was like scary, and I, was, I had to stop playing for a while then. Yeah, as well. Ob- well, it would be scary when you're obviously that's not something you're expecting. I mean, you're probably just thinking, no. "I have a sore leg. I need to go to the doctor yeah. to get something to make this stop hurting." Um, yeah. When those words come out of his mouth, I mean, I've never been in a situation, knock on wood, like that ever. Um, what what kind of goes through your brain? How old are you at this point? Too, you're st- you know, twenty or twenty one. Okay, I think I was twenty one. Yeah, yeah. So it was. I wasn't playing at a, a high standard or anything, yeah. um, but it was still like I finally got back into football, and then two months later, that happened. And it was just like not again, like because <laughs> that was that was quite scary. He, the and I could tell because I've had that doctor for a long time at this point, and like you know when you go to the doctors and you feel like you're just wasting their time. Yeah, they just <laughs> they're just not bothered by it. Like when you go in for a cold, and they're like, yeah, okay, you like antibiotics or whatever. Yeah, and they just like, write it down. And they're like, yep, yep, yeah, yep, yep. They <laughs> do not care, do they? But this time, his like whole facial expression changed as soon as like he examined me, and he was like already on the phone to the the hospital or the ambulance because i got picked up in like a weird like ambulance car (laughs) um they like it was like a sudden thing and i thought oh crap like i need a this is serious yeah Um, well you would because (laughs) when you hear the words blood clot um you would probably well even not even when you hear those words it probably goes from literally one extreme to the other because you're probably just sitting in a doctor's office going okay and then all of a sudden you're in a weird ambulance car and you're going, oh shit, I have a blood clot. This is pretty serious. <laughs> yeah. But I, I generally thought it was just um, a dead leg. And I thought maybe, I don't know what he was going to do. I genuinely didn't. I just thought it's a bit peculiar. It's taking this long. So I thought it was going to be a case. I'd go in there and just be wasting his time again. And they give me antibiotics or whatever. And, and it, that'll be that. But yeah, I'm, you know, thank God I ended up, 
going and making the decision to go. Um, because I, yeah, I might not be sat here right now. If I left it a couple more days, it could have traveled to my heart. May I ask, um, um, why it took you, well, you said three weeks roughly that it took you to get to the doctor. What made you wait? Was it just more so waiting for the dead leg to go away? What what was the point when you're going at, you know, three weeks after this happened going, this is still hurting. I'm, I'm numb in my leg. What was the kind of, was there a point where you're like, okay, I have to go to the doctor now? Was it more so just time had passed? So you probably should go and get this checked out. Yeah, I was, I was used to getting dead legs. Like yeah. playing football, you always get dead legs. Um, and they'd normally pass within a week. Uh, I played the next week and like I was limping before. But as soon as you start running, adrenaline kicks in, just takes you through it. You, That's true. And yeah. then as soon as after, you think, oh my God, how do I play? And then you can barely walk again. Um and then it was like three weeks later. And I remember this is, a, this is where it's blurry. I can't remember where it was when I met my wife or just before I met my wife, but I remember like tossing and turning in bed and whatever way I was laying, that leg was just like numb. Um, and it felt like it was, I just got on the dead leg and I thought this has been like three weeks now. There must be something more than just a dead leg yeah. or why can't I shake this dead leg? Like the bruising was gone and everything which made me think it can't be the dead leg because obviously a bru- uh, the dead leg is where you'd see bruising from it because it's basically where you have like a small bleed on the inside of your yeah. leg. Really? I think that's what a dead leg sort of is. Yeah. Um, and then when it was like the rest of my leg as well, I thought this can't be right. So yeah, that is really what made me go. Yeah. Because you would, I mean, I've never been in that kind of situation before, but, you know, fast forwarding to when you're actually, you know, you've, you know, going to the hospital. Um, what's going through Luke's head at this point? Because you must be going, um, shit, this, yeah. this is a blood clot. You can, you can literally die from a blood clot. Um, yeah. Were you, I would be shitting my pants to be honest with you, but were you calm? Were you just, or was it just going so fast that you didn't really have time to react? I think that was that. Yeah, it was going so fast. All I was thinking about was how long is this going to keep me out of playing if I get through this? <laughs> like genuinely, because I knew um, that they would sort it there and then. Like I, I trusted that. it would, And all I had to do was take warfarin tablets. Thankfully, I didn't have to have the surgery because yeah. um, the when I got up there, they examined it more and I had like a scan so they could see into my leg whereas like obviously at the doctors he just from examining me looking at it worst case thought, scenario right, kind of deal. Yeah, yeah this i think you've got a, de- uh, a blood clot so yeah yeah when i went up there it was literally just a case of um they gave me warfarin um and then i had to go back up a few days later and just make sure it had definitely gone yeah but like if it wasn't and i had a, had to have the surgery to get it removed you know, that could have been a lot longer, um, could have been out for a while. But I, I didn't play, I don't think, for about a month after, even with the warfarin, because yeah. my leg just, I just couldn't feel anything. It yeah. was just so numb. Um, so I just thought, oh, i just leave it. And I didn't want to do what I did last time, go back too early, make it worse. Yeah. So I just left it. Did you, you know, when you originally got your first injury, when you said you were about 17, did you know in your brain then that this dream that you had had was 
probably not going to become a reality at that point? Or were you still like, nothing's really going to stop me? At that point, at least. Nah, instantly. Instantly, no. Yeah. As soon as um, I went to... Because my, my uncle's an ambulance driver. Yeah. So he's uh, also, obviously, a trained paramedic. So when I went to the doctors with my broken foot and my, my metatarsal, my, uh, the ligaments and stuff, yeah. um, I could see by the look on his face, he knew it was quite serious. Yeah. Um, and me being that young and only just breaking into semi-professional football, like in my head, it was like, oh, keep, keep believing it's going to happen. That sort of thing. You just don't know. You never know. Um, people have, cause normally people get picked up at a younger age than, yep. than 17 for like the, the, the big clubs. They normally go through the whole academies, but on occasion people who have just been missed through the thing or they just will miraculously get better um as they turn 16 17 because of puberty and yes. you know they you know they gain the muscle mass which makes them a better player that sort of thing um they can get picked up at an older age and that was what i was still hoping for as soon as that happened and i knew i'd be out for like three four months at least i i knew there was just no way i'd be able i'd be able to get back into playing as good as what i was and i never did um and i, I think as well during the, the three years that I stopped playing, I ended up putting my back out uh, at the age of like 19. Oh. And it was, yeah, so I still suffer with sciatica now. And when I do my warm up, I need to take like another five to 10 minutes um, whilst everyone else is kicking the ball. And I literally, it looks like I'm praying because I like go down into like a seated <laughs> position and like just stretch my back because if I don't, I just can't run. And it's it's quite bad. Like I, I always suffer with with bad back still. Um, but yeah, I did that as well, and it was just all the culmination of that. It was just there's no way I, I'd ever get to the opportunity to to play at a good level again. Yeah. Not a chance. Yeah. What is um, you know, you talked about your dad being. I'm assuming he would have been ve- fairly involved with your um, you know, growing up playing football, and he would have been probably there every step of the way does that in your head kind of you know going this is not only what I kind of wanted but it's what my dad wants as well because he knows that you know he knew that you wanted it so when that happens and when you kind of think in your brain okay this is probably not something I'm going to be able to do anymore does that affect your kind of relationship with him or does it more so you know give you a kind of, I guess, shoulder to lean on in the sense that I'm probably not going to be able to do this anymore. No, I've been I've been very lucky with with my mum and dad. Like they've always supported me. If I had football tournaments, like sometimes I'd have to go up to London and have a football tournament. They would take the weekend off. They would go up and pay a lot of money for us to stay in hotels and stuff um, on the off chance that when I was up there, I got spotted or something like that. Um, because in these football tournaments when I was growing up as a teenager, they would, we get an opportunity to, because we were like one of the best teams in Plymouth and in Devon, sorry, we would get the opportunity to play up in, in London, um, and represent Plymouth, not as Plymouth, the actual football team, but represent the area. Yeah. Um, and you know, they would take the weekend off. They'd spend a lot of money on hotel rooms. They were always very supportive. Um, my dad was nine times out of 10 or the teams that I played for, he was involved in some sort of way because 
they knew he was a good player. He was very, uh, not famous. He was well known as a good player in our area. Well respected. Um, so, yeah. So yeah. managers of other teams, managers of my teams knew who he was. Chances are they probably played against him and remembered him. So they'd always ask him to get involved and that sort of thing. And because my dad had such a bad upbringing from his dad and, and the, the opportunities that was lost because of my granddad um, sort of resenting my dad being probably better than him and having the opportunities. Yeah. Um, my dad made sure it was never the case for me. And if I was ever going to be good enough, my dad was going to force it to happen and, and be always along the way to, to help it happen. He'd never prevent it one bit. Um, and un- unfortunately, I was never quite good enough to do it because I think my there was probably nothing more. My dad's quite a closed book, so he he doesn't really say a lot of emotional yeah. things. But I I've always imagined that my dad would be like there'd be nothing more happier for for him to see me play at a good level, definitely. Um, and I, I don't like feel like I like disappointed him or yeah. he's never made that because he still comes and watches my matches now. Well, that's good, um, and we. We laugh about how bad I actually have become. Because <laughs> when I was younger, he was full of praise and always encouragement. He used to, he always used to say the things I did wrong. But the main thing about my dad, he used to tell. And my confidence was always so high because he'd tell me everything that I was good at over and over and over again. So, and I think that is why my dad was such a good player because he obviously had the same mentality. And why really my dad is probably a very good manager at his work because he probably has, and I suppose you can relate it to anything, which is probably why he's, he's like this. He always highlights the, the good side of things. And yeah. well, as, a, as a player in any sport, probably wrestling and everything like that, if you play to your strengths, you look a lot better than what you are because you're hiding your weaknesses. Yeah. And I think I was always very good and very confident because he always used to do that. Now, when I'm a little older and I'm slower and I'm nowhere near as good, I can't do the things I used to when I was 16, 17. We laugh that I can't turn. I, I, when I'm turning, it looks like a moving a fridge or something <laughs> like that. Or my pace is completely gone. We laugh about it now because it's, it's funny, but um, and he still comes and watches. But it's, it's never been the case of uh, feeling like I've, disappointed him or something that's that's always good to hear because you you hear around of things like that with parents and and whatever or just people in general you don't want to ever have that there's nothing worse than feeling like you've let someone down it's one of the worst feelings you can do whether it's parents friends family whatever it may be but that's just a terrible feeling um yeah 100 yeah um but moving into like you know you said you're 26 now and you you know just play and and you know you, you aren't as you aren't as good as as one one was when he was 16 but um how does it kind of you know do you ever get in those states of mind where you're like man like I didn't really as a kid I didn't expect to be 26 and not doing this like what you kind of worked your whole kind of childhood and and teenage years towards um does it ever kind of get to you that you're not doing what you do or do you feel like just everything kind of happens for a reason not to sound cliche. No, I, 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 it's sort of both. Like I've always been the, the thing of oh, everything happens for a reason. But at the same time, 
as a kid, because I used to watch my dad play when he was 35 coming up to 40, I just thought I'd be exactly the same. Yeah. Whereas because of like injuries and, and stuff like that, when I play a game of football, my body takes so long to recover that my, all of the teams that I've played for, they allow me to not go training but still play on the weekends because they know if I go to training, I am useless because I can barely move. Yeah. Um, I'm not too bad today because the game I played yesterday, I didn't really do much in and I only played about an hour um, because it was just the last game of the season. So we were just giving everyone a chance and yeah. and everything like that. And I was against my old team, so I didn't really bother putting in too much of an effort. <laughs> um, but when I used to take it proper seriously, like a couple of years ago, um, if I, I used to play Saturday, Sunday for for the weekend and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'd be a write-off. Could not do anything. Yeah, could barely walk. I'd be struggling. My back would be hurting. My legs would be aching. Uh, and then I'd feel fully recovered on Friday. Same again. Back to it Saturday, Sunday. So it is. It, that was always like a a thing that happened for me that I was quite used to. Yeah. Um, from from when I got older and and, and stuff. And I think I I always pictured me playing in my 30s and i just know that's just not going to be a reality this may be my last year i might have played my last proper game of football um i don't really know yet i don't really know what i'm going to do in the next couple of months for pre-season i haven't really told my my team that yet they they still expect me to be there next year and stuff like that i don't really know there's there's certain things i want to try and do like with wrestling yeah. um i want to i want to try and do some training for wrestling uh, that's on the same day as the football. So if I did one, I couldn't do the other. So that's something that I may may look into. So it may be a chance that I never play again, um, which is a weird feeling, definitely, because like I say, oh, you pictured doing it. Um, but I know like, I'm really close to a guy who plays for our team. He is 46 years of age. Hell. He is an unbelievable player. Um, I, I've seen like uh, newspaper clippings and that of him score have his team at very good high levels of semi-professional football they won nine nil and he scored nine goals so he is an incredible player his guy he's, he's called dave lloyd i'm really close to him he's 46 years of age and he's still playing and every season he, he says at the end of the year i'm retiring that's it and as soon as it gets to august he gets the bug again and wants to play and he will play a- again um and I hope I'm not like that. Because <laughs> I just my body couldn't take it like he does because he played a, a very good level till he was like 40. So it's never going to happen for me. But <laughs> but yeah, he's he's like a ridiculously good player for for that age. Does that make you kind of you know you talk about you want to try some other things, whether it be you know something with wrestling or or whatever it may be that's going on in your brain? But does that make you kind of think of in a weird sense, in some kind of weird way? there's it'll always football will always be there does that kind of make you think yeah. that yeah yeah 100 percent. like i always want it to be i always i always watch it anyway yeah. so in that sort of sense of mind um whether i ever get involved in like local football and management things and stuff like that i very much doubt it i'm 
I, I do not like hassle. Like, really, yeah. I'm such a lazy person. I couldn't even organize my own five-a-side team. I, that used to stress me out, trying to get five players every every week. Nah. Imagine doing that um, every weekend and trying to get 11 players. It'd just be not no, a chance, thinking. but I ever... Yeah, not a chance I ever want to do that. I've seen the struggles that my... The, the team that are folding in, in for James Hedges, the struggles that they've had the last couple of years um, with like trying to field teams and stuff like that, the stress of it, uh, trying to get players to pay fines and stuff like that, the money side of it. It's just not easy. It's not, and I just never want to get involved in stuff like that. Yeah. So it, it might be a case that I just enjoy football just for watching it and, and not being involved once I sort of hang up my boots i suppose and, and and pursue something else which occupies my time yeah and i guess you know we've kind of covered everything that you know from your time starting to your time kind of you know phasing it out but i guess you can be as honest about this answer as you want to be but do you feel fulfilled or do you always have that in the back of your head that this could have been something more so i'm really glad you actually asked that question because it reminded me of a point that i wanted to to, to say um which is the exact answer to it when i was growing up i, I won like league titles and, and cups and stuff um when i went to men's football i never won anything so i always had two goals in mind um when i was when i was playing men's football because i'd done it in in like as a as a youngster yeah um so when i got back to playing men's football and i knew i wasn't as good i always wanted to win a trophy I wanted to always win a cup final. I I was never really bothered about league titles. I, it was if I got them, great. But I was never really like at the end of the season we didn't win the league. Ah, fair enough. But cup competitions are always a big one for me. I always wanted to win a cup. I always wanted to have a big cup final. Um, and the other thing I wanted to do was I wanted to be top goal scorer of the league that I was in. So because uh, that's like the the big thing for the striker. If you're the the league, if you're the best striker in the league because you've got the most goals. So for me, that was always a big thing. Um, and then two years ago, um, I was probably at the best I've ever been in regards to men's football. So since the injury, yeah. I, I did both in one year. So I was, I played on Saturdays in the Cornwall league. Um, and I was the top goal scorer of the league. I had 20 goals in 20 games um, and I've got the screenshot to prove it as well. So <laughs> I, I will savor that um, <laughs> just to prove it. And then on the on Sundays for my other team, um, we won the Devon Cup, which is uh, like so Devon Cornwall are two regions right next to each other. Um, Plymouth's like sort of right on the cusp of Devon, but Cornwall is literally like a 10 minute drive away. So I could play for both. So Sundays we won the Devon Cup, which is a very big like trophy for men's football. Really, is to say that you're the best Sunday team in Devon. It's quite yeah. quite good. Yeah, it's, it's about 160 teams, I think, something like that in in the in that league in that sort of um, cup tournament. So that would that's pretty pretty special. Um, and then to get the top goal scorer in the other league was was quite fulfilling as well. Um, so I've done both of, of things. So I would say I have, I'm fulfilled. Like, uh, this year, the teams that I've played for, um, one of them won the, the treble, but I, I played like three games for, at the start of the year for a team. 
And then because of work, I can no longer play on Saturdays. They've gone on and won the treble. So they've won two cup competitions and a league trophy. So technically I have won a league. I'm not <laughs> claiming it because um, I only played three games at the start of the season. But I'm, I'm part of that team. I will, I will hold that as I've done it. But nah, I can't reclaim really it. Achievement um, unlocked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this year, like I just, I'm just playing for the fun of it now. Like I've, I fulfill what I wanted to do a couple of years ago. Uh, I don't take it very seriously anymore. I play for for for, for fun for mental health. I think as well, um, it's important um, to entertain myself, keep myself yeah. mentally healthy. I think playing sport is massive deal into that because um, I know me and you have both spoke about mental health before. Yes. Football is, is a big factor. I think in in my mental health. Um, as is the 46-year-old in my team. Every year when he struggles with anxiety and stuff like that, football helps him. So I think um, doing that keeps me healthy and sane Um, and just enjoying it and and having a kick around and seeing friends. Like I don't take it too seriously anymore. I don't argue as much as what I used to because I used to be a little shit on the pitch. (laughs) Uh, I used to argue with referees and stuff like that and, and square up to people and you know, try and be Billy Big Bollocks, but I don't do that at all now. If there's a fight going on in the game, I'm just stood there, just chatting to someone, just saying I don't, I don't turn up on a Sunday for for fights or anything like that anymore. It's Sunday; so, no one wants to fight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like yesterday, because the team I joined is like a a very big rivalry with the team that I left. It was like got a very heated and and everything, and they're all confronting each other, and I just couldn't be asked. I, I just stood there. <laughs> I didn't care what the result was going to be. I just play for fun now. So yeah. if I did retire at the end of the season properly, I'd feel fulfilled. That's I think a, definitely. That's a good thing, especially from, you know, like we all, ch- like we chatted last hour or so about is that you work so hard for it. You know, a lot of people could really get down off of a situation like that and really probably knock themselves for it. Um, but it seems like you've just kind of taken it and, you know, everything does happen for a reason and whatever kind of happens and, you know, whatever you do decide to do, if you play more, if you don't, um, it was all kind of extra on top of it anyway. So, I mean, you just, I think it's priorities as well, isn't it? It's exactly, you know, I've got the age now where I've I've got a wifi, we're moving house. So I need a job and I'm focusing on that and trying to make those things better. Um, moving house, trying to change a job into a better one. Um, keeping you know and having maybe looking at making a family soon yeah um, me and my wife are ready to do that so it's it's priorities and things like that now I'm not bothered about I've I've done the winning the league and well winning winning cup competitions and stuff um, which as well it, it was quite good the the cup that we won the Devon Cup they decided to to film it um, the the league so I've got the video I've I've edited it so I can I can show you guys because um, uh, I know Wilfred who wanted me to talk about this today, yeah. um, uh, he wanted to see it so I've 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 uh, edited the video for him, um, <laughs> so you can all see it and I actually score as well so that's a nice little added touch as well, um, but they they like streamed it live um, and at one point there was two thousand people watching live, heck, yeah. 2,000 people from across the world was watching live, watching me uh, in a cup final. Yeah. And 
they like on the comments and like the commentary when they're talking about it there's people watching uh who knew my name um and was supporting me and said because it was the same season that i uh, was top goal scorer of the league. So I had already got the top goal scorer of the league. This was a different competition in a different region. There was someone in Singapore who knew my name and said, um, I'm tipping Luke Robinson to score a hat trick today. I thought that was mental. What the hell? You must be <laughs> just doing cartwheels in your brain at that point. <laughs> I could believe Like we watched it back after and I was like, how the hell is that like a thing? But yeah, at one point, 2,000 people was watching live. I think in total, um, that video has been watched 9,000 times. It's That's the last wild. time I checked, ordered it, yeah. Just that alone must make you go, i done what I needed to do with this. Like, I'm exactly. fine with yeah. whatever's happened. Um, I guess yeah. the last question I have for you is that if, you know, if there's a... A 17-year-old girl or boy in whatever sport they are doing and, and something like that that they have been working towards and that's their dream to to be in whatever profession they're going in, whatever sport in this case. Um, and they had some form of an injury and they were a bit like, what the hell am I going to do? What would you say to them? Knowing what you know now, what would you say to that 17-year-old kid with an injury like that? Genuinely, I think it's important to never give up because you might not have the situation that I had where it affects you to that point. People, it may be if I was a different type of person, I could have overcome that injury and, and you know, get back to playing at a, a high level. Definitely. Like, I don't focus on my fitness at all now. Um, whereas at one point when I did, I was top goal scorer of the league and I won the Devon Cup. And that is when I took care of my health. Um, I was going to the gym. I was looking after myself, eating healthily. Um, dropped like two stone in two months to focus on being better. And it made me a better player. And like I say, I, I achieved what I wanted to achieve. Not at the level I wanted to when I was younger. But So never give up. That is one thing. John Cena says it. Never give up. Um, other thing, though, if it is too far out of your reach, never stop playing it um so like you 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 can still enjoy it you might not be at the highest level but you can still enjoy it that is really important because there's a reason why you played that sport or did that thing to begin with before you realize that you are really good at it because you enjoyed it so always keep on playing other things as well is it's not the end of the world like these things happen it just some sometimes it's just not your time it's not your right place to do it find other things that you can prioritize or entertain you and that sort of thing i think that's really important um and it's something that i definitely did growing up from that but just do it to enjoy it don't never like like the fun out of it (laughs) yeah exactly never make it so it's like the end of the world for you i think because i never did and i just enjoy playing it now yeah, which Nothing, is a that's good the most thing. important thing. Which is yeah. a good thing because as much as we all have loves and passions and, and whatever, but no matter what it kind of, when it relates to, you know, how I can relate to it is is wrestling. And wrestling is as everyone knows is a big love of yours as well, Luke, and, and mine, but it is a very small section of our lives and there's so much more important stuff than 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 wrestling or than in yeah. your case football. There is 
and not to, you know, put it on a small scale, of course it was a huge passion and love for you, but there's 100,000 other things going on in your life and it's just a little chapter. And yeah. if anything, it if, if, if it makes you feel any better and any more fulfilled, um, this is quite the story because I didn't know any of this and now I feel like I've weirdly been on a weird journey of your life. <laughs> and yeah. I guess yes. that's kind of w- one way to look at it. It m- makes for a, a good story. <laughs> yeah. I, I, when, when I spoke, I like, obviously the reason why we're sort of like speak about this, cause Wilfred, I thought Wilfred was joking when he said about it. Um, he wants to, wanted to hear like my football career in, in like <laughs> speech marks career. Cause it's hardly a career, but it, 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 I genuinely have a lot of like interesting stories. I think maybe people, never really have gone through or gone through similar paths and different stuff. And, um, it's, yeah, it's, it is a weird one when looking back on it, the, the type of things that has, has happened to me and, and luck would have it that has happened for me. So yeah. Thank you for letting me share it. No, of course it's, 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 um, people don't value themselves enough when it comes to stories and stuff because, Hey, we all do it. I do it. Um, but everyone's story is different, no matter what it, what anyone's journey has been. But everyone has a different story, and it's always going to be interesting to someone else because they haven't experienced it. So, um, yeah. I appreciate you taking the time with to come on, um, diving in today, and really, really do dive in into that part of your life because, like I said, it's very interesting to me, especially someone that knows really nothing about football. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I do appreciate yeah. you taking the time to come on today. Thank you. And uh, I really appreciate you letting me come on. And, and uh, I really like the, the concept of the show. I can't wait to hear um, Wilfred when he's on and, and, and all you other guests because I think stories, you know, when people just dive, like literally dive in yeah. to certain aspects of the life, you get to know that person more and it's, it can be really interesting. So it's a great concept. I'm looking forward to, to hearing everyone else's. Thank you. I appreciate that for anyone that is like, wait a minute, we've already heard Wilfred's story. We're recording this before anything of diving in has even come out. So that makes yeah. it even more like uh, special to me is that, um, you know, you and other people that I've talked to have been so open to doing so when they haven't even heard an episode of the show. So, I mean, <laughs> I appreciate it very, very, very much. And um, this is your chance, as as it always is at the end of any podcast episode, to put yourself over and uh, where can we find you on Twitter or wherever we're finding you. And, um, yeah, where can we find you, Luke? You can find me on Twitter at Omega underscore Luke. And, obviously, you can find my episodes on Monday through Brain Buster Radio with yourself josh as a yes. brain buster brother but yeah hit me up whether you want to talk football whether you want to talk wrestling i'm always I'm always happy to to chat yeah luke is luke is a lovely chap lovely guy we've um well i don't know how long you know, f- five months ago probably four months ago that we really kind of started talking but um yeah very uh, just a, a lovely man lovely lovely dude and um again i think oh you yeah Listen, this is probably the part of the show where Luke's just like, yes, give me, keep, let's keep talking about Luke because I know I love talking about Josh. So, um, um, again, I thank you for coming on and that will do for this week's episode of Diving In and I'll catch you guys next time. Peace out.